All right, what up, everybody? Welcome to Fantasy Fire and Ice, Sportstopia Fantasy Fire and Ice NFL edition. Your boy, Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, my main man, Stu, monotone football. Coming up over the next few minutes, we are going to start to begin the process of turning the page from week four to week five of the NFL season. Give you some good waiver wire advice. Also going to start looking at the week's games and start putting our plan together. Stu, my man, what's going on with you? Yeah, nothing much. I don't know about you. This was not my best betting week, right? Obviously, my first losing week of the season over here. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, getting this one in the rearview mirror and kind of moving on to this next week. We got some good games. We got some bye weeks. We got some crazy stuff going on. So I'm excited to make that money back. All right, so check this out, right? So I was on um platform called Splash Sports, right? And they have, like, tears contests. So it's like it's, it's DFS, but it's no salary cap. It's like you pick a player from a tier, 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 right? So it's six different tiers, something like five, six tiers, whatever the case may be. So I'm filling out lineups prior to kickoff, right? And I'm like, okay. And so one of my one of my groupings or teams, whatever, I got AJ Brown, right? I got Jalen Hurts, I got Nico Collins. I got C.J. Stroud, I got Stefan Diggs, and then the last group I had Chris Olave, right? So I'm like, we get to the end of the four, we get to the end of Washington and Philadelphia, I'm in first place, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, bet first place, knock down this whole thing, you know what I'm saying? But I'm like, okay, still got games left, still got games coming up behind me, you know what I'm saying? So I'm feeling pretty good though, right? So I'm like, you know what? I'm turning the TV off. A matter of fact. I'm focused on the Cowboy game, not worried about the fantasy stats, whatever. And then I said to myself, the only thing I need for somebody not to go off. Stu, I went to my father's house, right? I hadn't watched. As soon as the Cowboy game was over, I went to my father's house. As soon as I walk in the door, Christian McCaffrey scores his fourth touchdown. And I'm like. I was not in first place no more. <laughs> yeah. Yo, is Christian McCaffrey the most dynamic dude in as far as fantasy, as far as usage in usage, excuse me, in production? I think so. I don't even think it's close. I mean, like you said, four touchdowns in a game that they were dominating all game, right? We could have seen Jordan Mason. We could have seen TDP, but no, they are committed to giving CMC all the carries in the world. I mean, I, I know it's hard to feel bad about drafting Justin Jefferson at the number one. He's obviously had a killer season, but it feels like if we all did it now, CMC is the number one pick in every single draft. Just amazing production, amazing usage, and what he can do in that offense. So, Anytime you're doing some DFS, if Christian McCaffrey is on the slate, you don't want to be me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You don't want to have Chris Olave in your lineup and worried about Christian McCaffrey going off because more than likely it's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? But as far as your season-long teams go, we want to start a little season-long stuff. Like, I do a lot of, like, in NFFC, FFWC, you know what I'm saying, mid-stake type 20-round drafts, 20 roster spots. Stu, it, it, I'm, I, I'm not going to pick up Matt Breida. Or, Stu, it's the people that's on my waiver wire is not a good reflection of what's on the waiver wire out there. You feel what I'm saying? 
Yeah, no, I'm sure you're you're looking at third string running backs. Well, a lot of guys are looking at second string running backs, but that's how it is, you know. And that's kind of why we like when people ask questions in here. We know people have different levels of experience. We know all these leagues are way different, but the waiver wire is looking rough in my 12 team, you know, friends league right now. So I can't even imagine what what those high stakes waiver wires are looking like right now. Yeah, your friends leagues, uh, yeah, no doubt. Even in my, you know what? The, one of the uh, I had, a, I got a couple of friends leagues, right? One uses Fab. It's my, this is my, this is my uh, longest league ever, right? This is my league. This is about twentieth year. I've never won a championship, mind you. I'm the fantasy executive, like, it's like you know what I'm saying. So it's like it's a running joke that the fantasy executive can't win the damn home league. You know what I'm saying? The problem with the home league is this: I'm used to playing a high stakes style of football. That third wide receiver, that extra flex. So in the home league, where I only have five bench spots, what ends up happening is I always got 82 points on the bench. You know what I'm saying? So then, so they and they won't. They know if they do that, they can't compete with me. So if they if they expand the rosters, you know what I'm saying? Now, with that being said, I got another home league that runs traditional waivers, like it's no fab. And to me, traditional waivers is, you know, what happens in leagues with traditional waivers? What the team that starts out hot. When that team starts dropping, that team can't make pickups. So then the other teams start rising. So by the time you get into the playoffs, that sixth seed that just snuck in is more than likely the best team going into that playoffs because they've had the good waiver analysis all year. So it's just like, listen, play fantasy football the way you enjoy it. But, man, sometimes those home leagues can really be just as tough because of the rules. Yeah, no, I mean, I think a chain is the perfect example of that, right? I mean, if you're in some of these higher stakes league, people are spending their whole fab on him, right? And I know my friend that's never even heard of this guy got lucky and picked him up over, you know, some of the rest of us who have been sitting here trying to make that happen. So it's one of those things where luck is a huge deal. Obviously, like you said, it rewards you for losing in the beginning more than it rewards you for winning. But that, that to me, that's kind of what the home leagues are for, right? My weight league is still waivers. I like the randomness. I like that, you know, my friends that have never once, you know, won a championship can actually fight till the very end. I like, yo, Stu, in this league, I've had some horrific moments. Like, I had a team the year Arian Forster broke out. I kept Arian Forster. My running backs that year were Arian Forster and Ray Rice. Let me tell you something. I had Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne. I was dropping people off. <laughs> I went, the, my team that year during the regular season was 10 and one, something like that. I lost one game in the regular season. You may remember this game. The day, the night Michael Vick went off against the, against the Washington at that time, Redskins, <laughs> that opening pass to Deshaun Jackson. Yep. That, that, that game was one of my losses because the, the guy had Michael Vick. And then that same year, the first, playoff game i met that guy and michael vick went off again and he and he beat that team and that was the i wanted to stop playing fantasy football <laughs> it sounds like you had one of those madden all pro teams and you still lost right? and still and still lost you know what i'm saying so listen that's not the way it goes but back up to speed this week's waiver wire stuff and if you got waiver wire questions please pop them in the chat we'll help you the best that we can don't forget sportstopia.io is the website you can go over there and get all the written content rankings from cody Wave a wire stuff. The whole shebang is over there. We got you covered. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, this Denver Bronco running back, is the top waiver priority in most leagues this week. A cat like this can kind of come out of nowhere. 
Javante Williams obviously banged up. What do you think about McLaughlin? Yeah, I mean, hey, if you read my Sportstopia touchdown article this week, you'd love the guy. We cashed on nice. plus 800 to score a touchdown, and it, the price actually got better later on in the week. But, you know, content, you got to get it out early. But So that was a good start, obviously. You think I'm going to come on here and kind of hype him up. But for me, that's not a guy I'm really interested yeah, in. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah. I mean, because, right, Javante won. It looks like he's going to be back really soon. This does not look like a season-ending injury to me. This does not look like a multi-week miss. From what I was reading, it looks like he'll be back in the fold in these next couple weeks. So, in reality, I would not be trying to spend a significant amount of your fabric here, especially when we have Samaje Ryan, who's proven in the past that he's a guy that he's an absolute vulture, right? He gets in there, he gets the pass catches, he's good in pass protection, and he can even steal a touchdown as well. So, for me, if you need a running back bat, you know, you need a plug and play then yeah i would spend a little fab but i would not be going over you know like 10 percent or anything like that especially the remaining fab you have right now is so important and i do not think this is the guy that you need to break the bank on as the guy jameson williams you probably don't need to break the bank on no wide receiver jmo comes in here obviously super duper talented big time lineage just coming in as an alabama wide receiver joining an offense that can get up and down we saw a little bit of him last season when he got healthy and obviously the suspensions to start, to start this year. I, I, I always wondered why he never appealed the suspension. Because I thought if he would have appealed the suspension, he would have been back on the field. And now he is back on the field. What do we think about J-Mo? Yeah, I mean, he's a guy for me that's a stash. Like, I like the talent. I, I like the team. I got, him on, I got him on one of my NFFC teams. I'm probably going to throw him in my – I'm probably going to throw him in my flex this week. See, that's the thing I, I would caution against. I would maybe next week, but right from what I read from Dan Campbell, week one, he said he doesn't care about touchdowns. He doesn't care about catches. He wants to see the explosiveness. That's all okay. he wants to see. So for me, when we look at how they used Jamison Williams last year, it was essentially a gadget role to a certain extent, right? It was limited snaps, downfield routes, um, but not, you know, an easy way to rack up receptions. He's not going to see five, six targets. For me, if you're playing Jamison Williams this week, you, you're probably in a pretty rough spot in the wide receiver room. Oh, I am. <laughs> the thing is, if there's a guy like Robert Woods out there, I would still play Robert Woods over a guy like Jamison Williams just because you're only going to get one or two chances this week. They're going to ease him into the offense. Remember, it's not just the suspension. He also got injured and had to rehab away from team facilities. He couldn't even rehab with team doctors. So for me, I think it's going to be a slow and steady um, you know, usage in the offense. And I think for right now, I would not start him in fantasy, but I would pick him up before he has a chance to get those, you know, 50-yard bomb explosion plays. Can you imagine, like, going to your local Hope Health and Jameson Williams sitting in there? <laughs> like, I can't go to the facility, so I had to come here. Kaiser. Hey, maybe he met up with Chandler Jones. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Chandler Jones, please, uh, gentlemen, I hope he gets himself taken care of. Oh, uh, CJ Stroud should not be on anybody's waiver wire no more. What about Luke Musgrave? He's probably still out there. Nah, nah. Listen, I was a big Luke Musgrave guy to start. Now I'm kind of cooling down on Luke Musgrave. Yeah, especially we got Aaron Jones back. We got Christian Watson back. And then, frankly, in primetime, Jordan Love maybe showed a little bit more of what we could expect for the rest of the season, right? He had a rough outing against a defense that isn't a top 15 defense. That's a middle-of-the-pack defense. So for me... I would not, um, you know, if your tight end position is really bad, I don't hate it. I think the talent is there, but I don't think he's going to be getting four or five targets a game. You're going to really have to depend on those touchdowns. Hey, what about Taji Spears? That's a good one. I like Spears. I like yeah, Spears. I think it's lot. interesting, right? Yeah. 
because he's a small guy, right? So a lot of people look at him and go, oh, he's just a pass catcher, blah, blah, blah. He's not. He's a between-the-tackles runner. If you look what he did in college, this is a guy that ran for 1,000 yards multiple years in a row, right? In between the tackles, he can break tackles. And Derrick Henry, right, he's just one injury away. So for me, I love Spears. I would definitely be looking to pick him up if you can. Yeah, no, I'm a big Spears guy. You know, and you know, Ryan Tannehill does a good job of dumping the ball down, too. So kind of like the only thing that Ryan Tannehill can do. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill is fairly limited, you know what I'm saying? But I, I, I like I like Spears. I think Spears is a guy, dollar make you holler on Tajay Spears. Not a bad idea. Probably cost you a little bit more than a dollar. Oh, what about Rico and Chuba Hubert? Oh, this is like the the kind of the rough category right here. I say Chuba, he's gotten his chances, right? When we look at a guy like Miles Sanders, he was limited last week with the groin injury. But Chuba still only produced 2.4 yards per carry. So for me... Chuba, if you're desperate, if you just need, you know, anything to go in there and fill out, we have some buys now. I know some people probably some Jonathan Taylor owners like myself are in a rough spot right now. Um, maybe maybe you do pick up Chuba just because, you know, he has that safe floor. But that's that's a kind of deep league play for me. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You know, what about Michael Wilson? Yeah, at the wide receiver position, the, uh, I, I'm, I'm mad. I played Rondo Moore last week. I don't know if anyone else played that. Yeah. I thought it was a, you know, you thought it was a donut. Tried to glaze me. Yeah, a donut from, yeah. from Rondo Moore, but not pretty. And I had Brandon Johnson in my, in my lineup the week before. So I took that donut, mm-hmm. and I came back this week, put Johnson on the bench, and took the donut. <laughs> I feel you on that one. That was not good. But I guess for Wilson, it's just not a high upside offense. I don't trust it. Yeah, like he'll. I I don't hate picking him up, but like even last week we saw Zach Pascal have two catches as well. A guy I hadn't heard that name in like two years back when he was on the Colts. So, I mean, it's a crowded room. The talent doesn't really jump off the page. You still got Hollywood. You still got Ertz. For me, it's a it's literally like a second waiver pickup of the week. Not even a fab bid. You know, just kind yeah, of no if doubt. you need it, then go for it. You can grab them on Sunday morning if you got a roster spot exactly. or something like that. Yep. Uh, now, I tell you who I have been playing, right, and it's been paying off. Your man, Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel is involved in this offense. He's very involved in this offense, and I didn't expect it coming into the year, to be honest. I didn't know how Sam Howe would necessarily. I think I was on, like, auto pick. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like, Curtis Samuel, and now he's in the starting lineup. Exactly. Uh, yeah, if Samuel's out there, another guy I'd be picking up as well. I mean, he's pretty much replaced John Dotson as the wide receiver too, right? Dotson's running more routes out there, but due to the kind of routes he's running and how much pressure Sam Howell is facing, he's looking for Samuel over the middle much more. And if you watch Sam Howell, you notice he loves targeting guys over the middle, like Logan Thomas, like Curtis Samuel, and even Terry McLaurin down the field. So for me, I definitely like Curtis Samuel if he's available. I'm same with you. I've got him on some best ball teams. Those were all auto picks, no doubt about it. <laughs> auto pick all stars. That might be a, that's not actually not a bad team name right there. Auto pick all stars. Oh, uh, Tyler Boyd. I got a lot of people got Tyler Boyd in the leagues that I'm in, so I'm, Tyler Boyd's not going to be available. But uh, uh, Tyler Boyd could be out there. What's up with T Higgins? How long is T Higgins going to miss? Because I got leagues. With, we're gonna talk about the Bengals in a little bit but let's let's uh I'm your opinion on Boyd and Higgins yeah I mean if Boyd's out there uh, I mean he should be owned in 100 percent of league so if you're playing in a league where Boyd is not um picked up you need to do that right now and that must be a six-team league it, yeah exactly but I mean we, we make these jokes but time in time out the waiver right. wire gets crazy I know a lot of you guys are in work leagues all that stuff so yes I would go after Tyler Boyd 100 percent 
For T, T. Higgins, the injury, it looks like it's a couple weeks. I don't think he's going to play this week. I'm not 100% sure on that. We obviously need to follow the medicals. But for me, this Bengals offense, you just can't really trust him at all. I mean, Joe Burrow has no mobility in the pocket. I came on here multiple times last week and yelled about how Raheem Morris should be fired for that coaching performance. He gave Joe Burrow all the time in the world on Monday Night Football. And then we saw exactly what happened when the Titans were like, what if we just blitz this guy on every single play? Because he can't move. And if he can't move, how is he going to sustain these drives? And that's exactly what we saw. So I have major concerns about T. Higgins, especially he's a downfield wide receiver. A guy like Tyler Boyd can get all those dump offs, those short. He can rack up those PPR points. A guy like T. Higgins, he can't really do that. He needs that deep ball. So for me, I would be trying to trade. I don't know. It's kind of even a sell low at this point. But I really do not believe in T. Higgins for the rest of the year. Thanks. Um, I invested very heavily in the Cincinnati Bengals coming into this season, and that's going to be a mistake. It's going to cost me a couple dollars, so I got to figure out a way to turn it around. Can Ronnie Rivers help me turn it around? I, Ronnie Rivers, is that like a member of a new edition? Who the hell is Ronnie Rivers? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. my God. This is what's on the waiver wire, Ronnie Rivers? No, I had the same thought. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I mean – so he's the backup t- he's the backup running back for the Rams. We have to assume at a certain point Kyron isn't going to have a 100% snap share, you know. I mean, he barely gets out on the field, but I'm not picking up Ronnie Rivers. You know, if you're in a 12 team league, you likely don't have a need for that right now, especially Remember, there's guys like Leonard Fournette still out there as free agents that I would not be surprised to be brought in if a guy like Kyron Williams does go down. So yeah, no for me, it's just a, it's kind of a pass. We spoke about and discussed the Bengals, right? Right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook, the Bengals are plus 200 to make the playoffs, two to one odds to make the playoffs. The Houston Texans are also plus 200 to make the playoffs, two to one odds to make the playoffs. This is where we're at. And on October 3rd, this is where we're at. Yeah, wow. The smarter bet is the Houston Texans. It 100% is. I mean, even even if you just take the teams out, just uh, don't even look at the teams. Look at the rest of the division and look who they have to you play go. for the rest of the year. And even then it becomes kind of obvious, right? I mean, the Colts, the Titans, the Jaguars with how they've been playing this year. I take all those three teams, even over, you know, one game against Cleveland this year. And you got the Ravens, you got the, the Steelers defense. For me, yeah, that's kind of – it's crazy, but it's kind of easy that the Texans are the the much, you know, faster click for that one right there. Yep, and so um, this is very telling that we're a month into the season, and that's where we're at already. And I keep thinking back to Jamar Chase saying, let him get fully healthy in the preseason. Jamar yep. Chase said that, and Jamar Chase is going to end up being right. This may be a lost season for the Cincinnati Bengals. This guy got to stop getting hurt. He's got franchise quarterback talent. He's already been to two AFC Championship games in the Super Bowl, but he's already torn his ACL, and now he's got this calf strain, and it's very problematic. So uh, hopefully everything works out for Joe Burrow. All right, let's get to this week, right? Uh, Thursday night football, the Bears and the Commanders. I remember a couple years ago when I COVID time, uh, there was a Thursday night Bears and Commanders game, and it was like during COVID, so I was just sitting in the ball by myself watching the game <laughs> that night the bears did a number on the commanders tonight this upcoming thursday this bears the six and the, uh, the commanders are six and a half point home favors that number is used to 115 i know you're a commander guy i can't lay six with this team it'll probably be a no back i'm not taking points with the bears either 
Yeah, I feel the same way. I, you, you said it. I'm a big Commanders guy, but six and a half is an insane number. And to be honest, I did a early reaction show, right, just on Sunday night as soon as lines come out. And it was five and a half. And I saw five and a half. And I was like, even that is way too much for me as a Commanders fan. Now you're laying almost a touchdown for a team that obviously, we, we, I mean, the Broncos lost by 70. We had to come back by 21 to beat them. Right, we had to make a heroic comeback to beat the team that is now the laughing stock of the league. I know we did follow it up with a good performance, obviously, against the Eagles, but to me, man, the Bears, I think they're probably a little bit underrated at this point on the offensive side of the ball. I know Justin Fields is, is probably the most hated player in the world right now, but at the end of the day, this commander's defense has consistently been beat deep. That is the problem with the defense. They're being beat deep. And that's the one thing Justin Fields has been able to somewhat successfully convert on is those downfield passes. So I don't I don't think the Bears are going to win. I really don't. I think the Commanders um, are going to win this one. I think it'll be a slow, boring game. But asking them to cover seven points is crazy. No, I, I can't do that with the Washington Commanders. That's a little bit of a bigger number off of me. Um, let's get to Sunday. Now, up until this week right here, this road five and a half has been money. It was two and one, right? So who do we have? We had we had a couple of road five and ones. The Seahawks were the road five and a half versus the Lions. The Rams were a road five and a half when they when they when they uh, when they beat Seattle in week one. Tampa was a road five and a half covered in one. Now this week that just passed, you had the Raiders. But that number moved. I, I eliminate that one because of the quarterback and that number moved. But the New England Patriots were also a road five and a half. So really, road five and a halves have been good this year. This week, Jacksonville Jaguars traveled to Buffalo. No, this is a London game. Excuse me. Jacksonville Jacksonville doing their residency, their London residency. <laughs> Buffalo Bills are actually looked at as the home team. So the, the Royal Mint does not count here because this is a London game. So there's a, this is a, a neutral uh, spot. But... Five and a half point dogs have done well this year. Yeah, and I mean, that's tough because uh, that was the number it opened at four and a half. I thought it would maybe move the other way. I thought people might come in on the Jacksonville Jaguars. They, done with, they love Jacksonville, but they lost too much money on Jacksonville in the first month of the season, so they're done with them. That's what that is. Yeah, but I thought then they'd see them win in London. And, you know, people love narratives. And all that you're going to hear in this context this week is going to be, oh, they're at home. It's technically a Bills home game, but Jacksonville loves London. They're going to call it a home game. They're going to mention the rest difference. They're going to mention the Bills' big win. At the end of the day, for me, though, I think the Bills are the best team in football. So I'm going to be taking the Bills in this matchup. I don't like that five-and-a-half number. I'm going to have to find some prop ways to attack it, maybe, you know, some teasers or something like that. But I'm not – I don't really love laying the points right there, but I do expect the Bills to kind of dominate in London a little bit. I, you think the Bills are the best team in football because of that 37-3? to <laughs> You saw that close up. <laughs> nah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, that's that's true. No one said that to me yet. That's a fair point right there. But what I will I mean, to me, to be honest, though, it's the defense, right? That was the, the biggest thing, right? We knew the Bills' offense was going to be good. We, when you look at a team, what's the limiting factor of a team? For me, that's the biggest deal when you get to playoff team. Who is the limiting factor? You look at a 49ers team, I think it's kind of clear. Brock Purdy is the limiting factor on that team. You can do everything around him to be perfect, but he's kind of what the limiting factor is. For me, when you look at this Bills team, before the season, it was probably defense. It was, can this defense be good enough? Based on every advanced metric we're looking at right now, this is a top five defense in the league and on the offensive side of the ball we know josh allen is josh allen so 
I don't know. I don't see too many weaknesses in this Bills team. I think they're going to just kind of go on a roll. I know they lost to the Jets early. I think that's depreciating their value in market right now a little bit. But I think this is the best team in football. New York Giants, Miami Dolphins in South Florida. Uh, Miami's 11-point favorite in this one right here. You know, from an ATS standpoint, you know you're really supposed to just bet the Giants blindly here, right? Yeah, but I'm not doing that. I'm not. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> what about this? What about this? How about we meet in the middle? How about we go Dolphins first half at minus six? What do you think right, of that? I can do that. Because the Giants that. haven't scored a first half touchdown this season. Yeah. So I'm not sure how you're going to cover seven or six points against the best offense in football or one of the best offenses in football if you can't score a touchdown in the first half. So that's where I would go. I like the Dolphins in the first half. I like that. That's a good play right there. I'm going to write that down. Miami minus six. That number's going to get to seven, two later on this week. So you may want to hop in here and jump on that right there. Man, Brian Dabo, Jesus Christ. Listen, y'all gave that dude that money, and then the coach sitting over here act like he is – like the coach looked like he hate him. He does. And then, <laughs> like, Remember the week one left him out there for, the, for Michael Parsons to kill him in week one? Yeah, and I mean, even too, like, you probably saw him flip the tablet at the end, you know, look at the play, not interested. It's, it's. I mean, I'm sure he hates everyone over there. Look, I, I would fire the special teams coordinator already. I don't know who that is at this point, but after watching last night, it's it's clear. This team's got a lot of problems, and I don't think Dave Bull can hold this shit show together. So it's culture, right? Whenever a team, like, whenever somebody, when see, the Giants had a little bit of success. Then everybody went to the front office and asked for money. And when I, when I saw that happen, I was like, oh, Giant special team is coaches Thomas McGahee. When I saw that happen, right, I was like, that doesn't seem right. You know what I'm saying? Because now all now they had one good year, and everybody wanted to get paid. So it sounds like they it was like, wait a minute, this culture don't seem right. It's going to be a tough year for the New York Giants. I got a homeboy as a New York Giant fan. After the Cowboys lost to the Cardinals, he said that the Dallas Cowboys was the biggest joke in football. I went to I, – I do – let me tell you something, Stu. I lit his ass up last night. He had me blocked. I was blocked. Son of a gun. <laughs> Son of a gun. He blocked me. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to call his wife, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going like, to put him on the phone. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. He, he was ready. I'm going to find him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Carolina Panthers, Detroit Lions, Detroit laying nine at home. The total is four and 44 and a half. Frank Reich, oh, what a disaster Frank Reich is. You comfortable laying nine with with uh with 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 uh with the Lions though? Not really. Not really. Did Carolina beat Detroit last year? Did they? I, see, I feel like Carolina may have beat Detroit last year. When Carolina went on that run down the stretch, I feel like Detroit was a team that they beat last year. I'm gonna look up their schedule right now, but what do you think about this game right here? I mean, I'd feel better about them covering nine with Sam Darnold out there instead of Bryce Young at this point. But obviously, new year, new quarterback, new coach right here. Yeah, I don't have any confidence in the Panthers right now. I will say nine is bigger than I expected. If you ask me to make this spread, I'm probably at seven and a half, maybe eight. So for that reason, I do think there's some value on the Panthers. For me, this might be one of those games. If it gets to 10, which I think it might because nobody likes the Panthers, I might just have to plug my nose and play it by the end of the week. So last year, in in this game was in Carolina last year. Detroit was a two-point road favorite. Carolina beat them by 14 points. Wow. Yeah, I did not remember that. But I mean it's the it's the real it's the quarterback. You you wouldn't think it would be a downgrade from last year after having the number one pick, but it's looked like it so far this year. Yeah, how about that? They're not is Frank Wright, 
he's not using the kid right. You know what I'm saying? They they like I said, you why are you sending five out in the route and you can't protect the quarterback? And speaking of the quarterback, you know, I'm a big Bryce Young guy, Bryce Young supporter. And everybody talking about his size. And I'm like, oh, no, I ain't worried about his size. I'll be honest with y'all. I thought a boy was on the field. Like, I thought, like, a kid came on the field with a count. <laughs> I did a quick – I did, like, a glanced over at the team, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh that's Bryce Young. Because I, I thought a boy was on the field. He looks really like – it's like he don't have a, a an adult body. You know what I'm saying? He looked like, like – like, he looked like he's a college quarterback. Yeah, it's almost the frame is almost more yeah, concerned. It's little. Yeah, the yeah. height is not a problem. It's yeah. how tiny he is. You know what I'm saying? No, you, whenever the shoulders kind of come out and then the arms go, <laughs> it's not a good look at all. Yeah, no, it's, it says very, uh, it says um, juvenile. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's not a good look right there. I mean, it's, I mean, I think Bryce Young would be all right, but how about the Baltimore Ravens going to Pittsburgh, laying four? Uh, Great, great spot right here, I think, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I've lost so much money on Pittsburgh in the month of September. I'm staying away. Hey, can Lamar get three AFC North wins to start the season? On the road at that? Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Pittsburgh? They'd be in the driver's seat with a win here. Yeah, that's a good one. I didn't even think about that, but I think they will. I do think so. I mean, when you look at Pittsburgh, the thing for oh. me is they've got one really strong unit, and that's the pass rush, right? They have a really good pass rush. For me, there's no excuse why you don't beat a Texans team that's down four offensive linemen last week, right? When you have that amazing pass rush, you should be crushing the Raiders. You should be crushing the Texans because neither of those teams – can protect their quarterback. And yes, they did end up beating the Raiders in that one, but they were not getting anywhere near as much pressure as I expected. Same with last week. So now you're expected to get pressure on a guy like Lamar Jackson who can actually escape the pocket and make plays happen, right? We just saw him play. The Browns are literally a better version of the Steelers right now. They are very similar teams. They're, and we just saw Lamar handle that defense very well. I know it's a backup quarterback that obviously affects the game plan, but I'm high on the Ravens. I just I did a little rankings. I had them as the fifth best team in football. Ball, which made a lot of people mad um to me the ravens are not even playing at their peak yet i think they're playing kind of middle tier to above average football they've got some injuries they're working on a new offense for me it can only go up from here i agree i think baltimore gets better but I, this is the spot right here if kenny pickett plays this week even if kenny pickett don't play pittsburgh's gonna come out to play this week pittsburgh's gonna be ready for baltimore i think pittsburgh covers this four I don't hate it. It's going to be a close. I mean, we know this division. I don't know. It's Pittsburgh and Baltimore. It's going to be close. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a war. It's going to be Pittsburgh and it's going to be what you expect Pittsburgh and Baltimore to be. Number team, these these two teams have had some hellacious battles over the years. Oh, this right here sounds like this sounds right. A trendy dog spot right here. Houston is a two point underdog at Atlanta. This is going to be a trendy, this is a trendy underdog. Everybody's going to be on Houston. Especially the whole world finally got to see Desmond Ritter in close to prime time, right? It wasn't quite prime time, but in the only game of the slate, we got to actually watch Desmond Ritter try to throw the ball forward. And I think the casual fan saw what maybe the film guys have been seeing over this last couple weeks is that Desmond Ritter can't throw the ball. And that's a problem when you're a quarterback, right? That's not so, going to work. Yep. I, I don't know. It's it's can this Texans run defense hold off Bijan? That's going to be the question we ask. Because if Atlanta wins this game, it's going to be on the back of Bijan. But for me, I know it's trendy. I know it's popular. It's probably a stay away. But I don't think I can. I don't think I can support the Falcons money line as favorites in this game. 
Yeah, it's probably going to be a stay away. I don't know. That minus, I, I'll be honest with you. The Falcons is, is a, is a, I'm a contrarian better, like our contrarian edge optimizer that you can get if you hit that QR code right there. Uh, that'll take you to the contrarian edge optimizer. You can give it a seven day test drive for $1, but just go ahead and sign up for the full joint and like win a million maker like Daryl do every week. Um, looking at some early splits, 70%, 77% of the tickets early are on the Houston Texans. 50% of the money on the Atlanta Falcons. So it looks like a true squares and sharps play right there. I'm, I'm interested to see where that line closes at. This line is not going to close at one. This line is going to close at two and a half. Yeah, and I mean, you, I hate being on the square side, you know. That's why I think it's kind of a stay away because I don't think I can put my money behind Atlanta in this one. So. Yeah, that quarterback situation is horrible. And the, and the Dolphins, how come I always call the, Fal- the, 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 the Falcons the Dolphins? I don't understand that. And the, the Falcons, um, they've been better at home recently, but historically they've been a bad ATS team at home. Boy, this might be a hold-your-nose play for the Atlanta Falcons right here for the fantasy executive. Um, Tennessee and Indianapolis. Oh, God. Didn't they, these teams just play? Did they, didn't they play already? No? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe it just seems like they play every week. There's got to be some kind of AFC um, South. Like, you know how Houston always played good in Jacksonville? I feel like something like Tennessee – always plays good in Houston. I think something like that is going on here. What's your initial handicap for this game? Yeah, this is this is going to be one of the more interesting ones. I would, Tennessee was one of my favorite bets last week for the reason I talked earlier. I think Joe Burrow was kind of a, a little bit of a weakness there. But now that Tennessee just has to move the ball in offense, I have a lot less confidence in them. The real question is, can Anthony Richardson take advantage of a terrible secondary, right? Because we know the Tennessee Titans have a great rush defense and a terrible secondary. And we know the Colts want to run the ball. So there's a little bit of a disconnect there. So for me, I would say my early lean is on the Colts, but this one will be real interesting to follow. If Anthony Richardson doesn't look comfortable in the pocket early, if they're getting a lot of pressure on him, if they have a good plan to mitigate his rushing attack, then I could see hitting the Titans live in this one because I, I they're playing good football right now after that win. They've got a little bit of momentum going, uh, and they got some guys coming back from injury, Hooker in the secondary as well. So it could be an interesting game. I'm excited to watch this one. Yeah, I'm, let me run this little thing right here right quick, and I'll give you some update on this. This is Moneyline. Uh, Titans 4-0, their last four games at Indianapolis. There you go. There you go right there. So there you go. We squared away. All right, so we got that. Everybody, don't tell that. Keep that between us. All right, Saints and New England Patriots. This, the Patriots are a point and a half favorite. Jesus, take the wheel. Bro, son, I did. <laughs> Oh, my God, Mac Jones. But, I mean, even Carson Wentz. He looked like Carson Wentz. <laughs> he does. And do you see he got benched for Zappy? And then he told him it's not because he was playing bad. It's because the game was over. Well, <laughs> the game was over because he was playing bad. He was playing bad. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't know. It's, it's insane. And even on the other side, too, if you think that's nasty, look, watch what Derek Carr did last week. He, he has an AC joint injury. He can't throw the ball more than 10 yards down the field. Alvin Kamara had 13 catches for 33 freaking yards. Like, I don't know how you bet either of these two teams in these games unless the Saints go ahead and say, we messed up last week. We're going to start Jameis. In that case, then I would back the Saints in this one. But if we have one-armed Derek Carr versus Mac Jones, then I just want to pretend this game doesn't exist. I would tease 
I think you can tease either side of the yeah. game. And I think both sides, I think the Patriots side will hit because the Patriots need to bounce back. And I think, and I, and I also think that the Saints probably a little bit more talented. I think that side will hit as well. Neither one of these teams are going to blow the other team out. I think you find some place to tease this with. Here's an interesting one right here. 405 Eastern time start. Philadelphia laying four on the road versus the Rams. This right here, we could see what I think we're going to see what Philadelphia is made of right here. I agree. This is going to be a fun game. I bet the over at 46 and a half when it opened, it's now up to 48 in most spots. I would still bet the over at 48 as well. I think this it's is going fi- to be- it's 59. It's, it's 50 now. 50? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Well, hey, got to love that. Hey, I, I stay up at one in the morning and do a show on Sundays for a reason, baby. Got to get there that you go. sometimes. But no, the point is the market clearly agrees. This is going to be offense, offense, offense. When we're back here on Thursday talking DFS, I'm sure we're going to get right back to it. I love this game. I agree with you. This Rams defense is not good. We've seen that week after week, right? They're a strong unit. You know, they've got some names, Aaron Donald in the middle. The secondary is not good whatsoever. So for me, we just saw what the Eagles did last week, dropping 30 points on what I think is a better defense and the commanders over there. I think both teams have a really, I think it's one of those games where we see Jalen Hurts go up and then we see Matthew Stafford continue to be the king of the back door like he's gonna have two great drives where he gets the team back in it it looks like a close game and then the Eagles finish it off so I like the Eagles and I like the over in this one should be fantasy fireworks in that game right there um I'm skipping Bengals and Cardinals I'm because the, the Bengals laying three with that quarterback situation they got is crazy Kansas City is laying five on the road versus the Minnesota Vikings uh, Minnesota really escaped last week because it's Carolina. I think Kansas City can go in there and hammer them. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's kind of Kansas City's like the the talk of the week. Can they cover these big spreads? Can they not? For me, another one you just said, fantasy fireworks. It's going to be the same thing right here. I think Kansas City just beats down on a team that is significantly worse than them. Maybe the backdoor cover is live. I think in the second half, we probably see a lot of Isaiah Pacheco, a little bit of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and maybe Cousins can work his way back into it. But for me, I agree. I think it's a little bit of an offensive explosion right here, a little bit of a beat down. Yeah. Cause that 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 Chiefs defense is playing elite right now, and they'll cause Cousins to turn the ball over. They're not Minnesota's not even going to try to run on them. Obviously, the strength of Jefferson, they'll hit some plays, but Kansas City will probably just go up and down the field on them at will. You know what I'm saying? So I I, they, I think that five is a good number. I would hop on that. Like I said, could be 100% off. It seemed like a real square play right there, but I don't know. I, I, Minnesota is a team that I think is headed towards Caleb Williams. Um, I guess I'm not doing Jets and Broncos. I'm not, nobody's betting on that. <laughs> Maybe there's a prop betting there somewhere. I don't know. I just want to get to the good stuff. I want to get to the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers football night in America. Uh, 49ers three and a half point favorite. Uh, the 49ers have been a thorn in the Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys side for a number of years now. Ended um, their season the past two years. To me, as a Dallas Cowboy fan, I'll take the three and a half meaningless game. I'll see you in January, San Francisco. I think this is a real good teaser spot as well, too. You kind of talked about that earlier. Good job. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Especially at the hook. I didn't think this game would get over three. I saw it open at three. I kind of thought it would just stick at three because I think that's kind of the perfect number for this game. 
Um, but at three and a half, I think this becomes a great teaser spot. For me, I still do like San Francisco outright. I think they probably get the win in this one. At the end of the day, it comes down to kind of Dak Prescott and his interception-heavy style of play going against <laughs> a very good defensive team, right? At the end of the day, who do I trust on these last drives at the end of the game? It's not really Dak Prescott. So I'll take the 49ers in a close one, but I agree. This is destined for a playoff rematch right here. Yeah, this is definitely going to be an interception-heavy game off of that. Well, let me not say that. I, look, you know it's so funny, right? I've seen every Dallas Cowboys snap since I came out the wound. And they, they, this week, after they got that turnover to end the second half, right, and they were setting up for either a field goal or a Hail Mary, I said to myself, Dak Prescott is not going to throw the Hail Mary because Dak Prescott doesn't want to throw an interception. He wants to avoid the interception at all costs. So I knew that the Dallas Cowboys were going to come out there and kneel down because Dak Prescott wanted no part <laughs> of a long throw downfield. I guarantee you Dak Prescott did not want to do that long throw downfield because he doesn't want to throw an interception. You saw it in the game against Arizona, patting the football, shuffling his feet. He didn't want to throw an interception. It's gotten into his head, you know what I'm saying? And this is a spot right here. See, the Dallas Cowboys are not going to be judged on what they do versus the New England Patriots. They're going to be judged on what they do in this game, in games like this that they have to win, and it's a three-point game. Now, Dallas is going to have to stop Christian McCaffrey. That hasn't happened yet, Stu. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, for me, I guess, and you're you're a big Cowboys fan. Like, is this a real strong tackling team, in your opinion? Have you been seeing a lot of missed tackles? Because if there's one thing you can't do, it's missed tackles against this team. Yeah, now here's the deal. So this is what this is how basically the, 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 the MO is it's quite simple. If you can run the football and get ahead of Dallas, you can really beat Dallas down. But if you don't get ahead of them, right, what happens is their pass rush starts getting stronger and then you start turning the ball over. Yeah. So what Dallas does is once you turn it over and they score, short field, Dallas short field, Dallas short field, then what happens is you start throwing the ball more and you start turning, you start looking like Mac Jones. Now, can Brock Purdy transform into Mac Jones? Sure. But – if San Francisco can run the football, Brock pretty won't have to transform into Mac Jones. If you can run the ball on Dallas, you can handle them pretty good. So we'll see what happens this weekend. But that was a little quick preview upcoming week. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget, keep it right here. Subscribe to that YouTube channel. Get all that written content, sportstopia.io over there at the headquarters. All kind of good written content. That optimizer right there. That's the real deal right there. You hit that QR code. You go in there. You get that optimizer rocking and rolling. And you make some money this football season. For my man, Stu is Corey Parsons, fantasy executive, Sportstopia, fantasy fire, and ice NFL edition. We out. Mm-hmm.